Blog Talk Radio. Survival Radio is the 27th day of September 2018. It's 8 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central West Virginia. Before we get into the Word of God, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning lifting up your holy and your righteous name, Jesus, that all men might be drawn unto you. Quicken our minds and our hearts. Give us the spirit of teaching today. Lead us and guide us into all of your truth and all of your righteousness and do what needs to be done. Save souls, heal bodies, Lord, change lives today for your glory that your word can do because it's quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. I'm going to start a series today called Resurrection. Resurrection. The uh, greatest or... Part the 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 greatest of the uh, doctrines of the church is the resurrection provided by the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at the cross. Jesus purchased our salvation, made a way for our sanctification, and I would say maybe not the greatest doctrine is the resurrection, but but it goes right along with what Jesus did at the cross. It's the finished work. It's very important to the believer. It's hope for the believer. Because the Bible says if all we have in this world, paraphrasing, is what we see and and, uh, what we're involved in, the Bible declares we are men most miserable. But we have the hope of the resurrection. We have the hope of if we go by the way of the grave, that we will not linger in the grave, that at the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first, the Bible declares. And those that remain and are alive shall be caught up in the air to be with Jesus Christ forever. We can never exhaust this subject on resurrection. But the Bible declares before a seed before a seed becomes to fullness, it must die. Jesus came to die, to fulfill his passion, his suffering for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So today we're going to go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. There's I think there's 50 eight verses, so we won't 
certainly get through today, but the, like I said, this will be a, a series. Of course, Paul wrote this book on the resurrection, the blessed hope that we as Christians have. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's dive into 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which ye have also received, and wherein you stand. He said, I've preached to you the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus Christ. The fact that Jesus Christ was manifested, that he has destroyed the works of the devil. The one who had power over death before Jesus came. The Bible declares that the generations feared death, but now because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, that men no longer have to fear dying. Oh, we're going to die. The Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die, and then the judgment, unless we're raptured out of here, we will go by the way of the grave if Jesus tarries. But when we go by the way of the grave, the Bible declares it's not over. Many say, what's the doctrine of life after death? It certainly is. The man, woman, boy, or girl who knows Jesus Christ, the Bible declares we will live eternally in his presence. All, all of mankind is going to live eternally, but not all are going to live in the presence of God. The soul, the spirit of a man, the eternal part of a man, the Bible declares that which we walk in, our body, our fleshly body, is simply temporal. The Bible declares we have this treasure in earthen vessels. But the body will grow old. The body grows old because of the fall. Because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. But Jesus came the second Adam. That we might have life and have it more abundantly. So he said, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ, which I preach. The Bible says, how can they hear unless a preacher come? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Also, you have received wherein you stand. John one twelve says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, when we see that scripture, when we say believe on his name, that means we believe he is supreme. That he is the sovereign God. There's none above him. We can't drag anything in beside him in comparison. See, we can't have Jesus and on and on and on this religion and that religion and this uh, pseudo-Messiah, whatever you want to call it, but Jesus is Lord. One name under heaven that a man can be saved, that's the name of Jesus. One name above every name, that's the name of Jesus. Well, there's power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But you have to receive him. Make a conscious decision to receive him today. Call upon his name, and the Bible says you shall be saved. He said, I would that none would perish. Every individual will come unto this great grace and mercy and everlasting life provided by Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's the good news. 
He can change us. He said that we might stand. That we might stand. If you have received, then he gives us power to become the sons of God. If you, that word stand means to abide in a covenant. God is a covenant God from Genesis to Revelation. Many covenants he laid out, but the last covenant is the covenant he made with mankind through the blood of his precious son. For the life is in the blood, and I put it upon the mercy seat for an atonement for your sins. There's still power in the blood of Jesus. Hell doesn't want you to know that or activate that or believe in that, but the fact is that there's power in the blood. The precious blood of the Lamb of God, the perfect Lamb of God. The unspotted lamb of God. All, all through the Bible, through, during the sacrificial system, every lamb or animal had to be unspotted, had to be perfect, pointing towards Jesus Christ. John the Baptist said, Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I've said it so many times on this broadcast. Men's main problem and every other problem we have is stem from this main problem, and that's sin. For all sin to come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin, we talked about that, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We need to remind ourselves of these things. He says to abide in Matthew 16, 18. After the revelation that was given to Peter, Jesus said, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, or little rock, or Petra, upon this rock, not Peter, but upon the bedrock. I will build my church upon himself, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. So we are in a kingdom that will never fall. We are in an everlasting kingdom, and we serve a master, we serve a Lord who's never been defeated. Even at the cross, seemingly they say that was defeat, but it wasn't defeat, it was a victory. It was a victory for our salvation, for our sanctification. By his stripes, we are healed. He was chastised for our peace of mind. He was bruised for our iniquities. The work of Jesus Christ, the finished work. He said the gates of hell shall not prevail against what we are standing on. It doesn't mean they're not going to try to come against it, which they will. He said, in this life you have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I've overcome the world in this world. He says you'll have tribulation. He said, we're going to suffer persecution. He says, these things are given. But he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against that which he has established with his own blood. He is the head of the church. He needs to be recognized as such, the Holy Spirit, his, his, his agent. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit points to him and will speak of Jesus Christ, the active agent with the Holy Ghost himself. He is God, and he works through the finished work of Jesus Christ. We've talked so many times about spiritual laws that have been established. They're all through the Bible, spiritual laws. And at the death of Jesus Christ, the Bible says he overcame every power and every principality and Colossians and put them to an open shame. For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us, or the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus says, free from the law of sin and death. 
So we live under an everlasting covenant that cannot be broken. We can walk away from it. We can break it ourselves. We can get out from underneath them. We don't have to live in it. We are free moral agents to make a choice. But if you're abiding in that everlasting covenant, and the Bible says the gates of hell will not defeat you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, for this is the heritage of the saints of God. In Hebrews 3, 6, the Bible says, But Christ has a son over his own house. Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm unto the end? Endure to the end, the Bible says. Paul said, I've kept the faith. I've run my race. I've done what needed to be done. My faith is totally in Jesus Christ and him crucified where ours should be. So he says, I declare to you the gospel, the good news, that you have received. And to receive it, you have the, the power to become the sons of God. And we stand or abide in that everlasting covenant. First Corinthians 15, verse 2. By which also, listen, ye are saved. No other way. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Now, the Bible declares Jesus talked in parables, and he talked about the sower and the seed, or the parable of the sower. And when the seed was sowed, he gave many examples, but he gave one example that when the seed was sowed, that the fowls of the air would come along and steal that seed before it took root. That's a type of the powers of darkness, to steal the word of God so it doesn't get into your mind, especially into your heart, so they will not change you. That's why our, our ground needs to be fallowed or plowed, or we need to be in a spirit of reception where we're open to the spirit of God that our doors are open unto the Spirit of God and to Him only. They can change our mind and change our heart and change our life through His, His power and His word of the gospel. He says, by which ye are saved. How are we saved? By the gospel. The only way. That word saved means to be, be delivered, to be protected, to be healed, to, to be preserved, to be kept. And on an eternal basis. The Bible says we are sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise. Think about this today. For I knew you from the foundations of the world. Christ was crucified before the foundations of the world. If you know Jesus Christ, he said, nothing can pluck you out of my hand. All things will try. Life will try. The troubles in life. In this world, you will have trouble or persecution, or tribulation, but be of good cheer. Jesus Christ overcame the world. We are saved. If you keep him, if you remember, if you let this stay on your mind, unless you believe in vain. So the, the resurrection is the fruit of what Jesus did at the cross. The Bible declares, he said, you, you are a generation that looks for a sign. He called them a wicked and perverse generation <laughs> who look for a sign. He said, I will not give you sign except this. The prophet Jonah, that three days he was in the belly of a fish. So shall the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth for three days and on the third day be resurrected. Romans 1.16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation 
to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also the Greek or the Gentile. Hebrews 2.1 says this, Therefore we ought to give more earnest heed, now listen, to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. He said, he said, he said apply these things to your memory. Memorize these things. Whose mind is stayed upon the Lord, he will keep in perfect peace. What's that mean? It means we keep our mind on his word. The promises. We believe the promises. We call those things as though they were. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We are justified by faith. We believe to a fault. We don't let anything change our perspective of who Jesus Christ is. And there, it's out there. The Bible says, Paul said, in the last days that men will come in and they will be wolves in sheep's clothing. Many will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Bible declares there's animosity, there's hostility between the world and the Lord. That's why he tells us to come out from the world or the world system. That our faith, we have no continuing city here. We're like Abraham who's looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. He says we ought to give more earnest heed. You haven't noticed a lot going on in this world. A lot of, uh, a lot of the scriptures being fulfilled. Peerless times. Wars and rumors of wars. A spirit of delusion, a spirit of deception sets up on the land. How are we protected? We're protected by knowing Jesus Christ. For the Holy Ghost shall lead you and guide you in all of his truth and all of his righteousness. Think not, he said, when you are brought before the... He said, for I will fill your mouth with my word. The Bible declares that Paul witnessed to a king named Agrippa. And the Bible says Agrippa, he couldn't, he couldn't quite give it all up. But he said, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Give more earnest heed. Study the scriptures wherein you shall find salvation. As you see the day approach, look up for your redemption draws nigh. As we see the day approach, there needs to be a greater fervency in our life. We need to, to, to clip and prune the things of this world from our lives that our minds may set upon Jesus Christ. It's hard in this world because there's so much that pulls at us. But the Bible declares we need to get that quiet time. Reopen our prayer closets. Have our time of devotion. Have our time of reading the word of God. Mixing it with faith. Because without faith it's impossible to please God. Because you must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture or according to prophecy. Hmm. For he shall be born of a virgin. He shall call his name Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel means God with us. So what he's talking about here is the meaning of the new covenant. For I delivered or preached unto you first of all that which I received. He said, that which I received I gave. How that Christ, or Jesus Christ, died for our sins according to scriptures. Once again, a scripture pointing that he is the only answer for sin. It's not our repentance. It's not our goodness. It's not our righteousness. We don't have any. It's but filthy rags. We, we have nothing we need to offer him. Now, I know that breaks a lot of pride, but the fact is we have nothing to offer him. We are sinners saved by 
grace. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So this is the meaning of the new covenant where God did everything, and all we've got to do is walk in it. There's nothing we can do except offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable for God, which is our reasonable service. In Jude, verse 3, Jude wrote, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, or the only salvation, or the only way, it was need for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Paul put it this way in Philippians, that we press towards the high mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, that we earnestly contend for the faith. In other words, mix it up, get down there, and press towards it. Operate in faith, because we are the children of faith. We believe God. First Peter one twenty says, "Who verily was ordained, talking about Jesus, before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, for a generation that knows the grace of God." We have the Bible that tells us about Jesus Christ, and we have an opportunity to walk in the life that he has provided, that Zoe life, the God, the God kind of life. Every other form, if you want to call it life, has an abrupt end. I, I told you what the Bible says, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. But Jesus Christ, who was manifested in these last times for you, for me and for you. In the Old Testament, he spoke through the prophets and pointed towards Jesus Christ. Now, now we have the Gospels and we have the epistles that point towards him, that build our faith in Jesus Christ. He's coming back. He purchased the church, me and you, with his own blood. The church is is not a building or a denomination or a doctrine. The church is the living entity which he purchased with his own blood. In the New Testament, in the book of Acts, the church was unified for a time and for a period, fresh off of the day of Pentecost, the day of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, where they were empowered, the Bible says. They went out and started to do miracles. And the scriptures say, for these are the men that turned the world upside down because of who they believed in. Put your faith in today. Do we just believe on Sundays? Do we just believe when we feel a goosebump? When we feel a chill? Or do we believe when there's no feeling? There's no, doesn't seem to be any physical evidence of anything going right. Do we still believe in Jesus Christ? Jesus spoke in John five thirty nine. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have, or you do have, eternal life. Why? Because the scriptures testify of me. He said, all scriptures was given by inspiration of. God, for these are the words of life. In the beginning was the word capitalized, the eternal logos, a person 
for he sent his word and healed us. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 4. And he was buried, and then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. There again, we believe what the scripture says. For he was buried. <laughs> he wasn't taken off the cross and, and, and shipped to France, okay? He died. You have to die to be buried. And he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. We weren't there, but we believe in the resurrection. You better believe in the resurrection. Because he, we're going to find out he was the first fruits of the dead. And because he was resurrected, me and you can be resurrected and will be resurrected according to the word of God. In the old days, or the Bible days, what do you want to call it, there was a group of people, we hear the Pharisees and the Sadducees, well, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. Or did they believe in anything spiritual? So they didn't believe in nothing, I don't guess. They were just a group, group of people, dead, dead, twice dead, the Bible declares. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38 through 40. Then certain of the scribes of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. We talked about this a few moments ago. But he answered and said to them, You're an evil and an adulterous generation who seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah, or Jonas. Verse 40, Matthew 12. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. As Scripture spoke, prophesied before Ham. He was buried because he died, and he rose again the third day according to Scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15.5 and that he was seen of Cephas, or Peter, then of the twelve. After his resurrection, he appeared unto many, the Bible says, unto 500 for 40 days. And ten, 10 days after the 40 was Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit. Verse 6, 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 15. After that, he was seen above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen to sleep or have died. He says some are still alive, but some have died. Verse 7. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. James was his half-brother. He was the Lord's brother. And the Bible declares that his, which, which also was Jude, the Bible declares that they did not believe in his ministry, his earthly ministry, after which they did, after he was crucified and resurrected. Then of all the apostles, in John 7, 5, for neither did his brethren believe in him. Now, the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, says this, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible 
being seen to them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Acts 1.4 And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Now, he came in a body. The Bible says that Thomas put his hands in the nail marks of our Lord. But the Bible says, yet he walked through walls, and he would translate or disappear and show up somewhere else. And the question is, well, what will we be when we are resurrected? Well, as Jesus was, so shall we be. Her many people ask the question, how old do you think? And this, that's not, it's not in the Bible, but I'm giving my my opinion, I guess, or conjecture. And I've heard a lot of people say this. I, I, I personally believe we'll be 33 and a half years old for eternity, which is not old <laughs> by no means. Because this is when he died. So this is hope. As Jesus was, so shall we be. Or as Jesus is, so shall we be the glorified Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father right now, making an intercession for me and for you. See, there's a newness coming to the children of God. This, this, this chapter gives us hope. Okay, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 8. And last of all was seen of me, also as one born out of due time. Now, this was after the ascension. We read in the book of Acts where he was on the road to where Damascus, the power and the Spirit of God came down and appeared under Paul and said, Paul, Paul, why does thou persecuteth me? He said, Who art thou, Lord? We know what happened. He was blinded, and Ananias came and prayed for him. He started his ministry, told Ananias, he said, Go and pray for this man named Saul. His name will be Paul, and tell him what he must suffer for the cause of Christ. He says, as one born out of due time. I mean, the timing was wrong. But he's saying, yeah, I really wasn't worthy of what he did. Many times he says, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He talked about him persecuting the church. First Corinthians 15, 9. For I'm the least of the apostles, see? That I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So here we see the humility of Paul. How could Paul preach grace? Because he received it. He received it. He was he was headlong going in the wrong direction. He was murdering and killing and persecuting. Thought he was doing God a favor. Why does that persecute me? Grace stopped Paul. Grace saved Paul. Mercy saved Paul as grace and mercy saved me and you. Was it his position? He said, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Studied under Gamaliel, the great, the great Jewish uh, teacher at that time. Knew the law, the Torah. Front, frontward and backwards, up and down. Knew it, knew it by heart. Well, I'm not meat or I'm not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. This was before his conversion. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 11, sorry, verse 11, 
According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Now, this is his calling, Paul's calling. And I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Listen. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious or brought much injury and pain, sorry, killed people. By proxy something. He was the one that held the coats, the one that stoned Stephen, or one of them. But I obtained mercy because I did it out of ignorance or in unbelief. I says, God once winked in ignorance, but since Jesus Christ has come, he doesn't wink at it any longer because the way is here. The way has been provided. The way is showed unto us. First Timothy 1, chapter, uh, verse 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, listen, of whom I am chief. Wow. How be it for this cause, even though I was chief, chief of sinners, what he called himself, we all are, how be it for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. For a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. He showed Paul grace. He'll show us all grace. He's no respecter of persons. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8. Unto me whom I am less than the least of all saints is this grace given. You see his, 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 his attitude of not deserving that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's what he's called to do. He was probably the greatest apostle ever. Wrote most a lot of most of the New Testament, except for the Gospels. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse ten. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly that they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Now the Bible declares that Paul became a bond servant. He no longer lived in his attributes or in his calling or in his dream or his, his self, self-appointed calling. Now he lived in the grace of God. He was shown mercy and grace on the road to Damascus, and he started to tell others of that grace. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Mercy. And his grace, which was put upon me, was not in vain. In other words, it didn't affect, it, 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 it affect my life greatly. Turn the man around completely. This is what the gospel will do. But I labored more abundantly. Because of grace, he was able to start preaching the grace of the cross, start preaching of the sanctification that was provided at the cross, the mercy provided at the cross. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which is with me, which all believers, all believers are showed mercy and grace. If you know Jesus Christ, what a what a miracle that we don't get what we deserve. Who are we that God is mindful of? He could have allowed Paul to go head on 
into what he was doing. And the end result would not have been good. He, he would have died a murderer and a persecutor. But he stopped him. And you say, well, that's because he had a call. Yes, certainly. But his first, his first thrust into, into Saul, that time Saul's life, was to save him from himself. I mean, we know we need save from ourselves so much. Who shall deliver me, Paul said, from this body of death? He said, I can't do it myself. And his complete faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ changed him. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 11. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. Therefore, whether it were their, I or they, in other words, the other apostles, He said, what we preached, you believe. Now, false, false teachers and preachers for years have been turning, trying to turn people away from the faith of the resurrection or the rapture. I'm use the word. Yeah, I know. I know that causes people to bristle up. But hoposo, the catching away. Because the Bible declares it's going to happen. It's the same thing. Resurrection, rapture. The taking up. And the twinkling of an eye, the change, and the the arguments, and the uh, people get mean spirited about it. You know, all you people who believe in the fly away doctrine, well, the Bible preaches resurrection. That if we go away the grave, we're not going to stay in the grave. The Bible even says the sea will give up their dead. So, resurrection, rapture. Resurrection, rapture. Now, some people don't don't believe in it at all. Of course, some people argue well, when it's going to happen. But it's going to happen according to what the Word of God says. So there is an emphasis. There's an importance of the resurrection. It's the blessed hope. It's the hope of the Christian that this life is not all there is. <clears throat> Excuse me. That there's more than what we see, touch, or feel in this world. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? He's talking about the Sadducees. So, they reputed or they said there is no resurrection. In other words, when you die, you're just you're just dead. It's over. Let us eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die with no hope. But that's not what the scripture teaches. And the Bible's the truth. Let every man be a liar, but let God be the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, again, verse 13. For such are false, prop, false apostles, deceitful workers, listen, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. In other words, false, pseudo, counterfeit. Verse 14, 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 11, verse 14. 
And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Verse 15. Therefore it is no great thing of his ministers. Wow, those that work for him. Those are on his side. The ministers of Satan who minister evil. Some doing without knowing it, but they do it. Okay. Therefore it was no great thing of his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works or false prophets or those with the spirit of delusion who give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Acts 23, 8, for the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. Sadducees, no, what they believed in, I guess nothing. In themselves, <laughs> in, their, in their in their own organization, in their own handwritten bylaws. I've had people say, "Well, the bylaws of our church state this." What's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? Listen, there needs to be government in the church. There's no doubt. He does all things in DCC and in order. There needs to be control. But everything that's written on paper that people and denominations churches buy by should be biblical, not men's insertion. And a lot of things written on paper in churches are meant to control people, which is the spirit of witchcraft with the spirit of Jezebel. Okay. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 13. Listen to what it says here. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Wow. In other words, if we're not going to be resurrected, then Jesus wasn't resurrected. And we know that he was. We know that he was. For 40 days, he appeared, we just read, read, he appeared unto 500 brethren. This is written in the scriptures. Well, how, what, do you believe the Bible? Every word of it. I believe it's inspired. I believe it's the Bible. I believe it will never pass away. I believe it's the roadmap and the truth by which we live, and this truth will set us free. There's hope. Out of the mouths are two or three witnesses, the Bible says, comparing Scripture with Scripture, rightly dividing the word of truth. But if there's no resurrection of dead, then Christ is not risen. Atonement of sins and resurrection are the two stones of the foundation of the gospel. And you cannot deny either one of them. What Jesus did on the cross and what he when he came out of the grave on the third day. That's the gospel. He went before us. He suffered for us. He was tempted as we were tempted. He became our scapegoat, our lamb, our complete, perfect sacrifice given before First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is vain. <laughs> wow. That's pretty powerful there. He atoned for sin. Sin had to be atoned for. He went to the grave and come out of the grave because the wages of sin is death. He paid for sin, but was resurrected on the third day. So his resurrection proves he atoned for sin. 
But our preaching is in vain. If you preach anything else other than Jesus Christ, him crucified, him resurrected, it's empty. And it's it's vain according to the word of God. There's some things here that that are stated if if Christ be not risen. There's 12 things here. First of all, we have no guarantee of resurrection. That was stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. Also in verse 20, but now Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. We have no guarantee of a resurrection and our preaching is in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 14. Our faith is in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 14 and also verse 17. Study these things. We are liars because we have preached such doctrine. 1 Corinthians 15, 15. Showing here that Christ had to come out of the grave. We are, not, we are yet in our sins if he wasn't resurrected. Verse 17, if Christ be not raised from raised, your faith is in vain, and ye are yet in your sins. All dead are perished, 1 Corinthians 15, 18. We have no hope, 1 Corinthians 15, 19. We are most miserable, 1 Corinthians 15, 19. We are plain fools, 1 Corinthians 15, 32. Nature is a farce, 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 49. Promises are lies and prophecies are false. This is all in First Corinthians chapter 15. Study these things. He says if Christ was not resurrected, we have no hope. Okay, let's go to First Corinthians 15, 15. Read there. And we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God. Hmm. In other words, liars. That he raised up Christ whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. So the resurrection of all the saints hinges or has to be because of the resurrection of Christ. Had not Jesus resurrected, we have no resurrection. He was the forerunner. He defeated death, hell, and the grave, which we're going to find out in this chapter. 1 Corinthians 15, 16. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. Huh. See how important the resurrection how, how can we teach there's no resurrection? If we teach there's no resurrection, then we, we, are, we are killing hope. And not telling the truth, because the Bible says he was. And I believe what the Bible says. Verse, verse, verse 17, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. And ye are yet in your sins. Or you're going to die. You're going to pay for your own sins. And we know that the wages of sin is death. So if we don't believe in what Jesus did at the cross, we don't believe in the resurrection, then our faith is dead. Are useless. 
The only things, the only thing that can wash away sins is the blood of Jesus Christ. So we don't believe these things. We don't believe in his atonement. We don't believe in his resurrection. And the Bible says we're still in our sins. Hmm. That's pretty powerful. And it's what you believe. If you don't believe it, then how can you walk in it? If you believe, the Bible says, if you believe a lie, you'll be damned. And the lie is, and the deception is, that Jesus was never raised from the grave. He was. Listen, he never went to France and lived and got married. People follow that doctrine or that lie. And one of these days, the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. In other words, that which they rejected is going to be brought before them. They're going to deal with him. They're going to deal with the one that they have rejected. 1 Corinthians fifteen eighteen. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. <laughs> They're just dead. They're just laying in the ground. They've just been thrown in the ground. Dirt thrown in their face just to be blunt. And now they're going to live there forever. Just lifeless, nothing, nothing, nothing. No hereafter, no life after death. And they also, which have fallen asleep in Christ, are perished or lost forever. First Corinthians fifteen nineteen. Listen to what it says. And then, and in this life only, we have hope in Christ. In other words, in this life only, we believe in Christ. Then we are men most miserable. If if we don't believe in the eternity provided by Christ, we are men most miserable. There's no comparison. Eye is not seen, ears not heard. Words have not been spoken that can even compare with the glory that Jesus Christ provided for those that love him, are called according to his purpose, have accepted his way. But he's not just for this world, which he is, he's our power and our strength. We live and walk and have our being in Christ. But he will also take us into the into the hereafter or the eternity. And you can't go in eternity without Christ. You can, but it's not, the result's not good. In fact, the Bible says you're going to spend eternity in hell. For there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. If you believe, if you receive in Jesus Christ. But in this life, as we walk every day in this life, we walk by the faith, by our faith in Jesus Christ. He's our strength, our incoming, our outgoing, a present help in the time of trouble. Yes, he is sufficient, and his grace is sufficient for us. But his grace also provides for our dying and our resurrection and our hope. It's not over the grave. The song says it's hard to believe that everything ends in a, a slow-moving hearst. It doesn't for the Christian or the good things. As I said before, the Bible said there's a resurrection coming of those that knew Christ and those that did not know him. We talk about two judgments, the beam of seat 
The judgment seat of Christ, which the saints of God are going to be at. And we also talk about the white throne, which you don't want to be at that one. I don't want to be at that one. Where the words will be spoken, depart from me, workers of iniquity, because I knew you not. So our hope today and our faith is in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, he's the only way. The only way. Nobody else died for us. Nobody else was ever resurrected. This foolishness down through the ages where men step and say, Jesus did not complete his mission. Really? So what makes a mortal man whose blood is tainted with sin, whose DNA, if you want to use that term, is tainted with sin, who can never be a sacrifice for sin, who can never be a lamb of God, but can say they're the Messiah, and people follow these people. Down through the ages, happened cults. To the death, some follow. Jim Jones. Think about this today. Jesus said in Matthew 24, Take heed that no man deceive you. When man starts to, to deviate from the atonement and the resurrection, then men have a problem, and they'll lead men astray. And the Bible says you believe a lie, and you'll be damned. Stick to what the Word of God says. Study the Scriptures to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we have hope in Christ Jesus. I will call him the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Hmm. So your faith will keep you. You believe this truth that's written in this book. He's coming back. The dead in Christ, the Bible declares, will be resurrected first. And those that are alive and remain will be caught up in the air to be with him forever. That's what the Bible says says. So much controversy in the body of Christ today. So much controversy. There's a thin line between flesh and spirit. A thin line. The Bible declares that Satan is a liar. So those that speak for him are also liars. And every liar Shall have their place in the lake of fire. What the scripture says. I didn't write the book. But believe upon the truth of Jesus Christ. And Paul is pointing this out in this great chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, receive him. If you want this resurrection power and this resurrection life that's coming, receive him today. It doesn't end at the grave. If you know him, the Bible talks of the second death when people are resurrected and they hear the words, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I knew you not. This is the second death. And the Bible says in Revelation that we that know Jesus Christ will not be hurt by the second death. Yeah, we're going to die in this body if we, if, if, if we live long enough. <laughs> if we're not taken out of here before, it's one the man wants to die and then the judgment. Every man dies. When I say man, I mean mankind. But when we die believers, we, we die with hope. We die with peace, according to what the Word of God says. Oh, God, help us today. Don't let anything destroy the basics of your faith 
the crucifixion and the resurrection, the ascension and the second coming. The scriptures point towards that. Prophecy stated this. He's coming back to receive a church without spot and without wrinkle. A body of people, not a building. A body of people who have sold out and given their lives totally. And he saved them by grace and by mercy. If you don't know him today, call upon his holy and his righteous name. Romans 10, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord overall is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon him, for the name of the Lord shall be saved. Born from above. Born again, Jesus told Nicodemus. Not entering back into the womb, born again of spirit. Saved by the blood. Your eternity is sealed in Jesus Christ. This is hope today. That even though we die, we're going to talk about that in this, in this particular chapter, that death has no sting. And the grave has no victory. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. We stand on it. Let everything else be a liar and your word be the truth. Let the word take presence in our life. Lord, since in our minds it takes seed in our heart and might grow and flourish. That we might believe it above everything and everyone that talks and every voice we hear today and every talking head today, Lord. Let your word take presence in our life. And we believe your word. And stand on this old holy book that we stand holding our hands today. That it is the truth. Because you said in this book you'll save us. You said in this book you'll heal us. You'll deliver us. You'll chastise for our peace of mind. That everything that we need was provided by you at the cross. And we thank you for that today. God save souls. Heal bodies. Touch minds. Deliver from addiction. God change communities with this word. Let there be those, Lord, that stand up in pulpits in America and declare to a lost and a dying generation that Jesus is Lord and he is hope and he'll change them and save them and deliver them from the darkest bondage. It's your word. We stand on this today. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Until next time, God bless. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.